to the Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left, press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, yo, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And as always, you can find our podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram at Trilogy underscore pod. We are going to jump right into some content this week. I um, a question that I kind of like have been thinking about for a little bit. You know, being on Twitter, seeing different things, you like you hear of people talking, you see people talking on Twitter of like, okay, who who is going to run the North? You know, who is going to take a hold of the North now that in everyone else's mind, the big bad man and Aaron Rodgers is gone, right? Um, obviously we are going to miss 12. He did a lot for our organization, but he is no longer in green Bay. So what does that mean for the NFC North? So I wanted to go through and look at what, what is going on in the North and what does that mean for the four teams in the North and, and who, who do I think is going to come out on top in 2023? Now, Obviously, I am a diehard Packer fan. I am not going to be the most biased person here, uh, or the most unbiased person, I should say. Um, I am very biased. I love my Packers, and I always think they're going to do better than they than they end up doing, except one time when they did what I expected them to do, and that was when they won the Super Bowl, right, in the last 15, 20 years. Um, so... You know, that's the that's kind of what I always am hoping for, right, is the Super Bowl. That's something in the last 30 years between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, that's something we could realistically hope for each and every year. Obviously, that only came to fruition twice in the last 30 years, but hopefully Jordan Love will continue the great quarterback play and we can get back to a few more Super Bowls with Jordan. Um, so I'm going to dive into the NFC North. So I'm going to go through, we're going to go team by team, and we're just going to talk about what's going on on each team. So with Aaron Rodgers' guns, Bears fans are crazy. Now I'm going to talk about the Jordan Love Bears fans thing that went on on Father's Day. I'm just going to skip right past that because uh, I don't want to spend time on that. Um, so we're going to go and talk about the Bears, okay? So to try to gauge how they're going to be this year, right? We got to look at what they were last year, what additions, subtractions they have, and kind of build uh, a thought from there of what we think they're going to be, right? So the Bears last year, not a good team. They earned the first overall pick, right? They were the worst team in the league. 
by record, and that's why they had the first overall pick. Obviously, they go, they go and trade that uh, pick to get extra assets, as they should have. Um, but let's just go through and and look at what the Bears were last year and what they've done in the offseason. Now, bear in mind for all of these teams, um, if there was some trades during the offseason that weren't very big news, obviously the Bears trading from one was big news, but if there are some smaller trades or th- things like that that I don't – necessarily think of i was looking at free agency moves draft class all that kind of stuff for additions and subtractions um so if there was trades or some all or smaller moves i might not have mentioned all of the things but i got the major ones um so bears last year we're going to start with offense offensively their passing offense was 30th per dvoa their rush offense was 12th Overall, that left them at 25th. Um, and I also think, importantly, um, they're over. Or let's actually let's talk about the additions and subtractions before we go to overall. So on offense, they add DJ Moore, Deontay Foreman, Robert Tunyon, Nate Davis, plus their draft class, which was highlighted by Darnell Wright, their first round pick. Um, tackle from Tennessee. Offensively, the other guys they added, Roshan Johnson, running back, Texas, Tyler Scott, wide receiver, Cincinnati. Um, And that's kind of their offensive additions. So obviously the big one is DJ Moore. Um, And then their loss on offense was David Montgomery. To me, David Montgomery is better than Deontay Foreman at this point. Um, But it's, it's not like a crazy difference in my mind. Um, so they, yeah, they did lose a little bit there, but it's, it's close enough to a wash that I'm not overly concerned about it. And then you throw in Roshan Johnson. I think the running back position will be fine. And obviously they still have Khalil Herbert. So like, yes, they lose David Montgomery, but I don't think that's going to bother them too much. Um, but to me, yes, they get DJ Moore and, Yes, he's going to help their offense, and you know that's going to help Darnell Mooney. I think. Um, I don't know what to think of Chase Claypool. Like he's got all the talent in the world, but I mean the Bears aren't thrilled with him right now. Obviously, um, the Steelers traded him, you know, and they got pretty good value. <laughs> they got a thirty-second overall pick, um, but you know that's that's just what we're looking at in the wide receiver core so i i don't know what to think of chase claypool obviously dj moore darnell mooney are good players um you know i don't think they're spectacular players but i do think they're good players for sure um dj moore obviously better than darnell mooney um and i do think that was a big sticking point for the bears that they wanted to get better if they're going to move that far back right with the carolina panthers moving up from nine to one um, so I, I do think they get better, right? I, I do think they get better, but I'm not sure by how much, because to me, their running offense was fine last year. And that was mainly due to Justin Fields being an unreal running quarterback, right? There's no doubt about it. He, he was like all time great at running the ball last year for the bears from the quarterback position. But that still left them at 12th overall for DVOA, um, so not overly impressive there. And then they were one of the worst passing offenses. Justin Fields was not good. 
he was not good throwing the football at all. So, yeah, DJ Moore is going to help with that. But if Justin Fields can't throw the ball and through two NFL seasons, I I haven't seen him throw the football accurately at all. Um, so I, I just don't know how much better this offense can get because Justin Fields was incredible. Yeah, they might have a slight tick up with Roshan Johnson and getting Khalil Herbert more involved, you know, I, I do think the running backs actually ends up being a slight positive. Just with the overall, they get a little younger um, by losing David Montgomery, and then they got the they still got the veteran in Deontay Foreman, and then you get let Roshan Johnson and uh, Khalil Her- Herbert just kind of cook, I guess. Um, so I do think they're better there. They're better in the wide receiver room. Um, they did add some tackles or some <laughs> offensive linemen, excuse me, Tackled down all right in the draft. They got uh, guard Nate Davis in free agency. So they did work on that a little bit, but the big thing for me is Justin Fields. And if he goes out and proves that he can throw the football around the yard, then we can have a different discussion. But at this point, I haven't seen it, and I don't don't expect to see it after what we've saw his first two years in the league. Um, So I I just don't see how this offense can get that much better because Justin Fields is limited as a passer. Because that's what he's proven to me. Um, And yes, DJ Moore coming in, he could have more open receivers. It could be better. Um, But even him being better because his receivers are better, that doesn't mean they're going to jump up to a top 10 offense all of a sudden, even top half offense, because they just weren't good to begin with, right? Um, And and we'll see. Justin Fields has got to take a big jump is what I'm saying. For this offense to be good, Justin Fields has to take the big jump. Um, and we'll see if he's able to do that. But that's the big question mark for Chicago's offense. Defensively, bad. DVOA against the pass, 32nd. DVOA versus the rush, 30th. Overall, 32nd on defense. Not good. Um, They lost Nicholas Morrow, the linebacker. They added two off-ball linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, an edge rusher, Rasheem Green, and two interior guys, Demarcus Walker and Andrew Billings, in free agency. And then their draft class, which included a lot of defensive players, Gervin Dexter, interior defensive lineman from Florida, Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback from Miami, Zach Pickens, interior defensive lineman from South Carolina, uh, Noah Sewell, linebacker from Oregon, Terrell Smith, cornerback from Minnesota, interior defensive lineman Travis Bell from Kentucky, Kennesaw State and Kendall Williamson safety from Stanford. So you can see a big emphasis on the front seven. Obviously, they did add uh, a cornerback and or two cornerbacks and a safety as well, but big, big emphasis on the front seven. Um, I do think their defense is going to be better. They have more talent on the team. Their two big signings are TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, they're good players, but they're off-ball linebackers. And without a great team around them, I don't know how great they're going to affect the game. They're, it's going to be better. Um, I just, you know, I don't know if they're going to move from 32nd to 15th with these additions. Obviously, relying on a lot of rookies. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, good players. But the rest of their free agent signings aren't going to... They're they're not huge names, right? They're not they're not going to shake up the league by any means. So um, 
you know, looking at this defense, they're going to improve. But I wouldn't anticipate better than 20th to 25th in the league. So there's still going to be a bad defense is what I'm getting at. And if Justin Fields ain't it and can't throw the ball, well, they're going to be a bad offense again. So um, I just don't see it with the Bears. I really don't. Um, you know, overall last year, both offense, defense, special teams, all that stuff, PFF had them the 31st best team. DVOA had them at 30th. And you look at their records, they earned the first overall pick. They were the, they were the worst team in football. I mean, yes, they added. Yes, they will be better. I have no doubt about that. But they're still not – they're still bottom third of the league team to me. Like, they're going to – next year, they're, they're going to win some more games, but they're going to win like five, six games maybe and, you know, still top – draft in the top ten – to me, it wasn't just a one-year fix. They they got a lot of pieces they got to work on. They have to figure out if Justin Fields is it. And if he is, they might look a little better than that because he can be so polarizing with his running. Um, so, like, if he's a good passer next year, then all of this is out the window. But to me, right now, as I look at it right now, this Bears team is going to take fourth in the division. Moving on to the Lions. Obviously, their offense was their strength. Passing fifth, rush 14th, leaving them at an overall of five per DVOA. They added David Montgomery, uh, wide receiver Marvin Jones, uh, interior offensive lineman Graham Glassnow, offensive tackle Jermaine Effetti, uh, plus their draft class, which offensively started with a bang. <laughs> that 12 overall, they drafted Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama. In the second round, took Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa. They took Hendon Hooker, the quarterback from Tennessee. A tackle in the fifth, Colby Soresdale from William and Mary. And Antone Green, wide receiver, North Carolina. So, that is their additions. They lost DJ Chark and Jamal Williams. To me, losing DJ Chark and Jamal Williams is, you know, I personally think Jamal Williams is a better back than David Montgomery, so they lose a little bit there. DJ Chark's better than Marvin Jones at this point. Um, so to me, they lost in those two areas, but they did add at the offensive line position with Glassnow and Effetti, um, and then obviously rookies, but two good rookies early on in the draft in Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. Um, obviously tight ends, a tough position. We've been talking about that. It's a tough position to be good at in your rookie year uh, with the Packers, two tight ends. So we'll see what Sam Laporta can do. Um, I don't expect too much, but I do think he is their TJ Hawkinson replacement as he is in Minnesota now. Um, but Jameer Gibbs, I think is going to be better in 2023 than DeAndre Swift. So, I think it's a plus there, um, even though the Jamal Williams, David Montgomery swap is worse. I do think the Jameer Gibbs, DeAndre Swift swap, I, I personally like Jameer Gibbs a lot, and I think he's going to be better than DeAndre Swift. So a plus there. So I think their running back room got a little better because I like Jameer Gibbs' upside a little bit more. Um, wide receivers, you know, they lost – DJ Chark and added Marvin Jones and a seventh round receiver. To me, that's 
down a little bit, but they have Amon Ross and Brown, so it kind of doesn't matter. Um, offensive line improved, which is huge for that team. Um, so overall, I think the offense is going to remain how it was. It's going to be a kind of mid to maybe slightly above average rushing offense with a great passing offense if Jared Goff can continue that. And that's the big question. Again, another quarterback question. Can Jared Goff be as good as he was, especially at the end of last year, right? They, you know, they started the year, what, one and six, um, and then rattle off a bunch of wins, right? So in that middle to late part of the year, can he be that guy all year next year? Because if he can, they're going to win 10 plus games. But if he can't, you know, and he's only that guy for half the year, you know, they're going to be an eight, nine win team again, like they were this past year. Um, so I, do, I do see this Lions team as like a seven, eight wins at the worst and at the best, like 10, 11 wins. Like I don't see them as an insane team that's going to go out and win 13, 14 games. And I don't see them as a team that's just going to bust and win four, right? They're they're kind of right in the middle. They're going to be contending for the North. They're going to be, you know, contending for the playoffs. And if they get in, I think they could make a little bit of a run. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. But I do think they're good enough to make a run, especially offensively. And then defensively, they were not very good last year. Pass against the pass, 23rd against the rush, 26th overall, 28th. Per DVOA, um, they added cornerback Cameron Sutton, safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, linebacker Alex Azonia, um, interior defensive lineman Isaiah Bugs, and then their draft class of the drafted way too early linebacker Jack Campbell from Iowa, uh, Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. I thought that was a great pick, kind of in that uh, mid-ish second round. Uh, interior defensive lineman Broderick Martin from Western Kentucky. And that lines up the rest of their defensive draft class. And then they lost safety Deshaun Elliott and cornerback Mike Hughes. I think they got better against – I think they got better defensively. Um, I still don't see the field-tilting guy out there that's going to change everything about their defense. But I do think, you know, with Brian Branch, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you kind of solidified that back end. I don't think a ton of Jack Campbell. I thought they drafted him way too early, and he's going to be a rookie. You know, we'll see what he's able to do. But I do think the linebacker core got a little bit better. Um, so we'll see what they're able to do there. Obviously, another year with Aiden Hutchinson and Justin Houston. Um, their edge group was, was already pretty good, so they didn't have to add a ton there. But... But we're going to see on this defense. I, I think they clearly got better. Overall, per DVOA, they were 28th last year. Um, I I would imagine a 18 to 20-ish type of team, slightly below average on the defensive side of the ball, but one that's going to allow them to stay in games with their offense. And that's going to be the big thing for me is if their offense is as good as it was last year and their defense bumps up, eight to 10 spots, you know, that's, that's a big jump and that's going to make them a much more difficult team to beat. So I do think this is, if not the best, one of the best teams in the NFC North. And this is the team to beat overall PFF have a, had them ranked last year at 15th and DVOA at ninth. So 
an average to above average team, but not uber elite. Um, and I don't think they added anything to get them in that uber elite category, even though I do think their defense is going to be much better, but still not like good or great by any means. All right, let's move on to the Vikings, the fraudulent Vikings. Offensively, their pass offense was 15th, rush offense 28th, and they let go of Dalvin Cook, obviously. Um, That, to me, was kind of a a big subtraction, even though I think it makes a lot of sense because um, clearly he's lost a step. He doesn't look like the same player he did two years ago. He's, he's just not that player anymore. He's not that good. He needs yards created for him. Um, and that was proven last year in their 28th against or running the football. Uh, overall on offense, 20th. Um, not much in terms of additions and subtractions. They got Josh Oliver. They let Irv Smith go. Like I said, Dalvin Cook's gone. Um, Adam Thielen's gone. You know, but they haven't had a lot of additions. Now, I do think you can still talk about TJ Hawkinson maybe being an addition, you know, with a full offseason under his belt in the system. I do think he will be a, a bigger impact for them. Uh, but, you know, there's not a whole lot to speak of, but you have Justin Jefferson, right? And if you, you gain a little bit on the offensive line, you know, hopefully you can be a little bit better. In that regard, um, offensively, they did add Jordan Addison, which I think is a good combination with Justin Jefferson. Um, Obviously, Adam Thielen's gone, so maybe Jordan Addison can fill that role right away um, and hopefully, you know, be able to make teams pay when they double and triple cover Justin Jefferson because he's just that good. Um, And then other offensive. people that they drafted Jaron Hall in the fifth round quarterback from BYU and then Dwayne McBride running back from UAB that'll be interesting um like I said I think Jordan Addison is the biggest addition that they had offensively um and I do think it's going to help Justin Jefferson quite a bit if he can be the guy that we saw in college right away that but that's the biggest thing it's he's a rookie right can he become an NFL player and an effective NFL player right away? Is it going to take half the year, kind of like it did for Christian Watson? Granted, he had injury concerns and all that stuff the first half of the year. But is that what it's going to be for them? We will have to wait and see. Uh, Defensively, not very good, right? Uh, Against the pass, 26th. Against the run, 19th. Overall, 27th. With This is a crazy overall if you do offense, defense, all that stuff. Um, DVOA had them as the 27th best team as a whatever 13 win team they were last year again frauds the Minnesota frauds Um, PFF had them as fourth which to me is just (laughs) absolute bonkers they were not that good of a team at all like you just watch their football games right yeah they they won games but they it took an all-time an all-time record in one-score games and that's something that if you look year over year you're you're never going to do that again right you're never going 11 and 0 in one-score games again they're going to go if they have 11 one-score games they're going to win 3 of them next year 2 of them next year and they're going to be the same team but 
they lost, <laughs> you know, instead of winning 11, now they win two of them and they lose nine of them. And now they're, you know, looking at the a top five, 10 pick, right? Because that's how crazy of a season it was for them. They were not good. They were never a good team last year, right? You know, Justin Jefferson is phenomenal. He's the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. Uh, but that's about it, right? Um, you know, that that's kind of their offense. And I do think Jordan Addison's going to help their offense, but we'll see how soon he can do that. Um, defensively, they added Marcus Davenport, the edge. Um Byron Murphy, the cornerback and interior defensive lineman, you might recognize this name, Dean Lowry. Um, and, but they lost, you know, players like Zadarius Smith, Delvin Tomlinson, Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks. So, you know, they lost quite a bit. I, I, I don't think they gained enough back, in my opinion. Um, but their draft class, you know, they went heavy defense. Um, well, I guess they three out of the six picks. They only had six picks. Um, and they didn't, after Jordan Addison in the first, they didn't have another pick until 102 in the third round. They took uh, Makai Blackman, cornerback from USC. Then they took at 134, Jay Ward, cornerback LSU. And at 141, Jaqueline Rowe, the interior defensive lineman from LSU. And then with their last two picks, they took offensive guys, Jaron Hall and Dwayne McBride so again I think their offense is going to be slightly better I don't know how much their rush game is going to improve they didn't really do a whole lot to bolster that part of their game um, so like their rush offense isn't going to be better I do think their pass offense is going to be better you know 8 to 10 instead of 15th uh, and so yeah they'll get better offensively they'll jump up a little bit you know, maybe overall closer to 15th offensively. And then defensively, yeah, they added some pieces, but they're going to rely on some rookies. You know, I I think this defense is going to be bad. Like, I think last year might be better than they are this coming year. I, th- I think they might be one of the two, three best or worst defenses in the league this coming year. I just, I don't see a good defense. Maybe I'm wrong, but you lose Eric Kendricks, you lose Patrick Peterson, all the leaders on this team. Uh, I just I just don't see a good defense. I'm going to say they're somewhere in the 30 to 32nd best defense. <laughs> so terrible. Uh, then moving ahead to the Packers. Offensively, DVOA with the pass is 14th. The run is 5th for an overall of 11th. Um, they didn't add a ton in terms of free agents in 2023 on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I, I put Jordan Love as an addition, right? Because it's completely different than what we've had been used to. He's obviously been on the team, but it's a completely new starter, right? And I think that's important to distinguish that. Um, and our draft class. So Luke Musgrave, tight end, Oregon State. Jaden Reed, wide receiver, Michigan State, tight end, Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State, Sean Clifford, quarterback, Penn State, Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver, Virginia Tech, and then Lou Nichols, the third, running back, Central Michigan, and Grant DeBose, running, or running back, wide receiver from Charlotte. And then our subtractions, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, 
and Mercedes Lewis. So, obviously, the big the big addition subtraction is Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, right? I've talked about this a ton. Everyone's talked about this a ton. That's about the only thing that matters, right? Because you you look at this team, they're relying on their guys to get better, right? Christian Watson, we could see him get better. Romeo Dobbs, we can see him get better. Obviously, Aaron Jones is already great. A.J. Dillon's a good player, solid player. You know, he's not going to break off big 80-yard runs, but he's not your home run hitter. But he's he's a guy that you know what you're getting from him. He's, he's a good, good player. Um, Aaron Jones is just a great back, right? You're going to rely on those guys, good offensive line, and you just got to see what Jordan Love's got, right? And if he's got it, this offense is going to be pretty damn good because I think Matt LaFleur is going to be better than he had been with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers wanted to do what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do, not what Matt LaFleur wanted to do, right? So that's what I'm thinking. If, if Jordan Love can be good, this offense is going to be as good or better than they were last year. And I know that's crazy to say we're losing Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers didn't play well last year. So if Aaron Rodgers didn't play well and Jordan Love does play well, doesn't that mean that this offense is going to be better? That's what I think. Because Aaron Rodgers was like 15 to 20th best quarterback last year. He wasn't good. <laughs> if you look at the stats, he he just wasn't good last year. He was not 2020 Aaron Rodgers, 2021 Aaron Rodgers, 2014, 2011. That's not the guy we got. Run the table in 2016, that's not the guy we got. We got... 2022 Aaron Rodgers, which wasn't very good. So if Jordan Love's good, I think this offense can be better, even with all of the subtractions, including the big one in Aaron Rodgers. So defensively, right, let's check out the Packers ranking defensively. Against the pass, top 10 unit, 9. Against the run, however, 31st. Yeah, 31st against the run for uh, average overall DVOA at 20th. And I don't know if you're paying attention, but that's the best defense in the division. (laughs) Bears at 32, Detroit at 28, Minnesota at 27. Chicago and Detroit, I see moving up. Minnesota, I, I would be surprised if they are any better than they were this year, and I would not be surprised if they're 30, 31, 32 next year. Um, So the Packers clearly the best of the group by seven ranks, right? (laughs) Um, I do see them getting better, right? If you look at it, they added a not, not a lot of great players, right? They lose Adrian Amos. They lose Jaron Reed, Dean Lowry, which Dean Lowry, meh. Jaron Reed had one good game last year. Adrian Amos did not look good last year at all. And they add guys like Traverius Moore, Jonathan Owens, and they're both safeties. Kind of veterans that, you know, haven't proved a ton, maybe have a little bit of upside. We'll see. And then their draft class, right? Edge, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa in round one. They took Colby Wooden, Edge interior defensive lineman from Auburn. Uh, Carl Brooks, another edge, kind of interior defensive lineman from Bowling Green. Uh, Carrington Valentine, cornerback from Kentucky. Anthony Johnson Jr., uh, safety from Iowa State. So we'll see. Um, I do think if Eric Stokes and Rashawn Gary come back, I think that's important. And if they come back relatively early, it doesn't have to be week one, right? Um, I would – I wouldn't 
expect Rashawn Gary in week one. But if you can put Gary on the PUP and get him back in like week six, and he's back from week six to beyond, and actually I think we have a bye in week six, so it would be week seven. Um, if, if we can get him back by week seven and he's there the rest of the year and playing at what I thought – was an all-pro level last year. I wish we would have gotten all 17 games from him because I really think he would have been an all-pro last year. He for sure was a Pro Bowl player. No question about that. But I th- I honestly think he had a chance at getting all-pro even with the insane talent at the edge rusher position in the NFL. I, I really do believe that Rashawn Gary has all-pro caliber talent in him. And if he is the same player he was post-injury, you know, that's a, that is an addition, right? Getting him back from injury is an addition, right? Um, I do think all this help on the interior is going to help guys like Kenny Clark, like Devondre Campbell, like Quay Walker, hopefully. You know, um, I think Devontae Wyatt needs to take a step because he basically didn't play last year. <laughs> like, he put, played barely anything. Um, so I do think even though there's not a lot of free agent addings and the Packers don't have a lot of money to do that kind of stuff because they're still paying Aaron Rodgers, you know, that kind of stuff. So they don't have a lot of room to be able to sign a lot of these players, but I do love what they did. Lucas Van Ness, he could be, he, like I talked about it, go back and listen. Um, I talk about it in more detail, but he kind of reminds me of Rashawn Gary in college, right? A guy that, didn't have a lot of production, you know, didn't really get after the quarterback all that much, but a guy that had good motor, that could set an edge, that could play in the run game pretty well, could kind of move around the formation a little bit, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him on third down situations, third and eight plus, even third and six plus, you know, drop down inside, and you got, you know, Kenny Clark, Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, right? Four guys rushing the passer. If you want five, throw Devontae Wyatt out there. Or have Quay drop down and, and rush the passer from, from his position. You know, things like that. Um, because he proved that he could do that. He's he's kind of fun watching him in those situations just get after the quarterback. Um, but I do think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I do like the additions of Kobe Wooden and Carl Brooks. I think they could be good assets. And it kind of pushes guys like Devontae Wyatt, like TJ Slayton, to make them get their roles. Otherwise, you know, these young rookies, they're going to come in and take your job, right? I think Colby Wooden probably more so than Carl Brooks, but Carl Brooks is is a unique athlete, and, and he is he's just that. He's an athlete. So overall, um, PFF has the overall Packers last year at 13th, DVOA at 12th. So basically to me, this is a two-team race in the division. The two worst teams in the division, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, are the Bears and the Vikings. To me, if Justin Fields figures out something, how to throw the ball, and he is, let's just say he is the 20th best quarterback throwing the football, I think the Bears could be better than the Vikings this year because I, the Vikings... You know, they, they got Justin Jefferson. They got Jordan Addison. They are going to be able to move the ball a little bit, especially through the air. But on the ground, don't see it. They lose Dalvin Cook. I don't think Alexander Madison's any better. They didn't really do that much to bolster that part of the game, right? On the offensive line, more running backs. You know, we didn't see a lot of that stuff. So I don't see how the running game is going to get better. 
Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, you know, I think the passing game can be pretty good. Uh, but even with the passing game being pretty good last year with Justin Jefferson, you know, they were 15th, even if they jump up to 10th, but their rush game is still going to be at the bottom of the league. Um, you know, they're going to be a 15th best offense, but they're going to be one of the five worst at the very least five worst defenses in the league. Um, and the bears, same situation, right? So those two, I think are four to six win teams. Um, maybe four to seven win teams for both of those teams. That's where, that's where I see them. Okay. Uh, so bottom of the division, four to seven wins for both those teams, top 10 picks in the NFL draft for both of those teams. And then the other two are the Packers and the Lions. An unbiased look would say I'm leaning towards the Lions. But I, you know, national media portray this as like not anywhere close. But do people not pay attention that Matt LaFleur you know, is going to have a good scheme. You know, he, he wasn't always able to do his stuff because, you know, he's calling plays and Aaron Rodgers is like, no, we can get into a better play from this. And, and it doesn't allow Matt LaFleur to call the game like Matt LaFleur wants to call the game, right? Because Matt LaFleur is calling a, a, a football game, calling an offense. He's not just calling plays to call plays like seemingly Aaron Rodgers did at the line of scrimmage, right? What he thought would be the best play, yeah, that might be that might be the best play available, but you're trying to build an offense. You're trying to run these plays to get the defense in a certain mindset, and all of a sudden now you have the counter on that, right? And then you run the counter, and then you have a counter on that counter, right? You, you, you can just build your offense that way, and this play sequencing is important. And when you're changing plays at the line of scrimmage, now you're losing that sequencing, you're losing – that part of the game so I do think we're going to see that part of Matt LaFleur and I think it's a good thing um, I really do think it's going to be a good thing in a full off season of preparing with Jordan Love I expect Matt LaFleur to be good you guys already know if you've been listening to me for any length of time you know I think Jordan Love is good so to me like yeah because I don't know if Jordan Love's going to be good and I know what Jared Goff is even though it's not a great quarterback, but he can carry an offense or not carry. He can, you know, control the offense. He can move the ball down the field because he, he is a decent quarterback. You know, he's an average quarterback in the NFL, right? He's maybe the 15th, 14th, 13th best quarterback in the NFL. Um, he, you know, he's not going to just lead your offense single-handedly but you got good skill players around him you got a good offensive scheme he can he can run your offense well enough to be a good offense like they were last year it's just that defensive side of the ball so to me the Packers have more of an ability to be a more complete and full team because their defense is better and they've added some high-end players mainly Lucas Van Ness you're getting Rashawn Gary back. If you can get Eric Stokes back on his how he was playing his rookie year rather than before his injury last year, he kind of had a sophomore slump. So if he can jump back up and play like he did his rookie year, now you're looking at one of the best secondaries in football, right? With with Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Rasul Douglas. Now I said secondaries, it's not. It's one of the best corner rooms because our safeties are a little bit 
to be desired there at the safety position. But you know that's what I'm looking at. Is is it's just the Packers defense could be better than the Lions defense by a long shot, and the Packers offense could be as good, and if not, like it's hard to say. But like with the running game, this Packers offense could be. Just as good, if not better, than the Lions, I think. I think the Lions are going to take a little bit of a step back. I think, um, you know, people are going to catch onto the scheme a little bit, and Jared Goff's not going to be able to just do what he did last year quite as easy. But I still think they're going to be a top 10 offense, but they're going to be like an eight, the eighth best offense, not fifth. And, you know, we'll see. I mentioned I think the Lions run game is going to be better with Jameer Gibbs than it was with DeAndre Swift, but we'll see. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of on the fence. It's it's a two-team race, right? It's the Bears and the Vikings at the bottom. It's the Lions and the Packers at top. I just think it's closer than what national media and other NFC North fans will tell you because other NFC North fans think the Packers are the worst team in the division and they are just not because the Vikings were the third best team in this division last year. The Packers were better than them and the Lions were better than them. I'm sorry if that hurts you Vikings fans, but the Packers and the Lions were better than you last year. You just got insane luck. No one wins 11 one score games. You did. Congratulations. You had a better record, but you were not a better team. I promise you, you were not a better team. And, you know, so, and the Bears were the worst team in football. So we have those two, and I don't think they did enough to get ahead of the Packers. And the Lions, you know, they're they're going to be a good team. Is the Packers, because the Packers, based on the money situation, kind of had to bank on the draft and internal development. So does that internal development slash the new offense with Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love and Jordan Love being good, you know, can they surpass the Lions? I think it's closer than most people will tell you. And I I see a realistic scenario where the Packers win the North and can win the North pretty handily. That's just my thoughts. Obviously, I'm a biased Packer fan. It's not, you know, really clean analysis because I am a biased Packers fan, but this is what I think. This is what... I believe in looking at this stuff, I don't think it's that crazy to get to this conclusion that, yeah, the Lions might be better on paper, but, you know, all of a sudden, Amon Ross St. Brown goes down for four weeks, and the Lions can't move the ball, and Jordan Love looks good to great, and all of a sudden, the Packers are, and the Packers have a pretty soft schedule, especially the first, I, th- I saw someone, I think Annie Herman went through it, and he was like, it wouldn't surprise me if the Packers figure it out early. It wouldn't surprise me if the Packers go 7-2 and two to start the year, 8-1, and 9-0. and oh. You know, their, their first nine games through the first 10 weeks of the season is not very difficult. It, it plays pretty good to the Packers' hands, in my opinion, because they get their tougher opponents, like the Lions, at home in the first half of the year. That does mean you have to go on the road in the second half of the year a little bit more uh but you know i that could be a big thing of like just confidence building and all of a sudden you're eight and one now this young team is like flying high they got all the confidence in the world they've got all the talent in the world this is a very talented team overall the defense is insanely talented they just haven't put it together yet 
Offensively, you got guys like Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, Romeo Dobbs. You have the two young tight ends and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft. You know, I, I, I just am very excited to see what this team can do. I am going to stop rambling, um, but I, I do think this is going to be an interesting NFC North battle this year, um, and I'm excited to be there to watch it, um, and I'm excited to cover it for you guys and let you know my thoughts as we go through it. But that's going to be it for me today, and as always, Go Pack Go!